0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Barton.
1: And I'm Dean Reverman.
0: Dean, how would you feel if a very critical component of your work, your life, your business was incredibly disorganized, Uh-oh. decentralized, oh man, scattered across multiple locations, files on computers, all different places, Damn. multiple people that kind of did a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but n- didn't have everything organized? That kind of sounds like
1: Hellscape right now. P- people I doing mean, redundant work. Yeah, not no, not good. That doesn't sound good to you? No, <laughs> we, need, <laughs> we need help immediately.
0: And yet, oddly enough, that's what a lot of... Mm. Businesses and enterprises are facing when it comes to their barcode labeling files ah. and their system and their management for, for managing all these files and all these barcodes that they're going to use on multiple products and boxes and whatnot – Scattered out. It's, all it's over a world of chaos, is what it, you're saying. It is. Yeah. You know? yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know this was really a thing because this isn't something I've ever been in before until I was kind of working mm-hmm. with our uh, our guests today and they, mm-hmm. their uh, their company, Seagull mm-hmm. Scientific and Bartender. Yep. Learned a lot about how. Uh, you know that management of, of these printing labels or whatever becomes so important to
1: mm. helping enterprises mm. run efficiently. There you go. So that's yeah. kind of our topic today. So We're you got all this nice that. digital printing, but if you're not efficient with it, what exactly good
0: is it? like what good is it if you have five files for a certain type of barcode on your computer uh-huh. and somebody in another building has the uh, another five files and you can't reach them and you got an urgent print, whatever. Yeah, you know, no good. Sounds yeah. like a nightmare. <laughs> so uh, we've got Matt Bryan joining us today from Siegel Scientific. We're going to talk a yep. little bit about this. Effective label print management. Yeah, uh, We're going to talk about what that means, really, you know, like, what, what, you know, how do they define that? Bartender mm. is obviously like the premier product. But, Absolutely. You know, Gold so standard. It's, mm-hmm. it's You know, it's definitely the, the go-to. We're going to talk about how end users typically get this stuff wrong, what it does to them, when they mm-hmm. get it wrong. I think we've kind of alluded to that already, but mm-hmm. we'll explain deeper what, what happens to your business when you're disorganized like mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. What industries benefit the most? Maybe some that people don't normally think about. I mean, mm-hmm. People mostly think supply chain probably with right. this, but yeah. there are plenty of other businesses and industries that can benefit from effective label print management. Gotcha. Uh, and then um, we'll talk a little bit about the the new bartender product that's on the way and what, what to expect out of that. Ah, so,
1: uh-huh. they got some new stuff coming out. Yeah, they always well, have like a new version of absolutely. you. They're, they're staying on top of the,
0: the needs of the customer. Good so, stuff.
1: Good stuff today.
0: Exactly. All that plus our usual value to the var and what's tech connecting with us. It's time to plug in and get connected.
1: Welcome to the Tech
2: Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected.
0: All right, as I mentioned, our guest today is. Matt Bryan. Matt is the VP of Global Sales for Seagull Scientific. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for being on with us today. Yes, sir. Uh, We we found out when we got on that you're out on the West Coast, and it's early morning for you. (laughs) You're doing stuff earlier than you normally would, so we appreciate that. But tell us a little bit about yourself, your day-to-day role at Seagull, and and, and how did you get into this business?
2: Sure. Uh, Well, as you said, I'm uh, Matt Bryan, and I run Global Sales for Seagull Scientific, and most people know us for bartender, right? And most people know us for the slogan, everyone loves their bartender. And you're absolutely right. It's early in the morning, but I want you to know, and I want our partners to know who are listening and all our customers out there in the customer world, that I'm actually up much earlier. My dog gets me up no later than 5.30 in the morning in winter, because that's when the heating kicks in. And he knows when the heat kicks in, it's time to get up, right? Right. So uh, we've been up, and the first thing I normally do is get up and do a few emails, take the dog for a walk. But my wife is away right now, so the worst thing that can happen is Amazon comes to my door because the wife, the dog is going to bark like crazy. So we just hope that uh, Amazon is a bit slow right now.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Well, tell us a little more about yourself, You know your yeah. day-to-day role.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I've been involved with Seagull for four years, right? And I came to Seagull... After many years in the performance improvement or business improvement businesses, right? I've worked for uh, some of the largest content and document management companies in the world. I've been a consultant and I've done a lot in the healthcare information exchange area. So everything I've been doing, even though I haven't thought about it when I first started, was was always about helping people become more efficient, become more effective, become better at what they do, make more money reduce their costs, all those types of things. And what attracted me to Seagull was not only the large customer base, but I've been involved in reseller communities for many, many years. I am a partner-first salesperson. So Seagull, 99.99 plus percent of our business is through the channel. And so that's one of the reasons why I got attracted. Two. The second opportunity, the opportunity here is phenomenal. You talk about the inefficiencies, you talk about the ineffectiveness, labeling errors. There's lots of improvements we can make, whether it be in the healthcare setting, whether it be in the warehouse, whether it be in manufacturing, lots of improvements. And what I find amazing is when I talk to partners and customers, they see lots of opportunity for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And yeah. we're going to dive into some of that here today. I yeah. Think. yeah.
0: I love that you came out of this, you know, this performance improvement and this process improvement kind of background, because mm-hmm. that is very much what we're talking about here. Oh, it's yeah. This idea 100%. of there's, a, there's some low-hanging fruit when it comes to mm-hmm. sales with your customers that if you're not already out there talking to them about this – Every, almost everybody's going to have some sort of need for this. If they're not doing it already, oh, man, I'm telling there you, there is going to be a tangible need. So, so let's get into this. This yeah. idea of this, you know, effective label print management. First of all, Matt, what does that mean to you? Like, what does it mean to you and to Seagull to say, hey, you know, we're going out to to manage our label print uh, and and make it effective and make it useful for our enterprise? What does that actually mean?
2: Great question we need to remember that bartender is used for very small customers. Just imagine a nursery that's got seven or eight of employees, right? Okay, up to some of the largest healthcare manufacturing companies in the world. In actual fact, uh, the Gartner supply chain, every one of the Gartner top 25 supply chain use bartender. So it's very small to very big. And nearly every business that you can think of has a need for labels. So labels are everywhere, right? It's not just on the packaging. Uh, You know, it's not just on what comes into the door. Think of e-commerce that's happened in the last two or three years, the explosion there, the startups, but the warehouse, the manufacturing facilities, right? Just imagine in the concept of a big box comes in with different supplies right where does that box go wouldn't it be better off if that box already had some of your labeling on on there and the, and everything was labeled inside so from a perspective of you know what does it label print management means it means helping customers right be more effective in managing their inventories becoming more effective in their manufacturing processes right and Ultimately, from a label print management perspective, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty, it's about creating, managing, and printing labels, RFID tags, cards, and even documents more effectively and more efficiently than people are doing today. So helping people do their jobs better.
1: That's it. And, And when you start to look at some of the statistics around print, right and label print Uh, you you see some of the demand coming in like coming from things like you know end users having a need to do short-run production Mm -hmm. that that's like that ranks as one of the highest things that that, the end users are coming to resellers and asking for is that ability to do short-run productions the ability to personalize we've talked Mm -hmm. a lot about you know personalization and you're starting to see that in the marketplace I agree with you Matt I mean labels are everywhere now right I mean whether it's you know your your delivery from the restaurant whether it's a manufacturer that's that's kind of getting into the game now a little bit not just wanting to put on that white label with black right, you know right. ink maybe they want it to be a little bit sexier with their logo on it stuff like that or even personalizing that along the way uh you when you look at again some of the statistics around it being able to prototype or do smaller runs of labels you're seeing a lot more demand for that so when you do that you have more people sometimes involved. You've got the marketing team involved. You got operations involved managing that print <laughs> ecosystem even within the four walls of, of, of a company. And I liked where you started there, Matt. You know, with a small nursery. You know, yeah, they they got six seven employees, but I bet you one of them kind of knows graphics. Another one of them right, might know, right. right? And so you and but but now files are everywhere, type of a thing. So but anyway, you absolutely. You know, the demand is there for the right. la- for the labels now. It's it's it's. it's marrying that up with making that an efficient process. Yeah. And right? we've
0: talked about this before too with um, with the whole idea of the print on demand like, like you yeah, mentioned I customized right. that. There's all these third party companies that will that will help you out with print services, mm-hmm. but typ- typically there, there's all kinds of hangups that come with that. It might be like some minimum quantity orders, you yep. know. So like, hey, you know, we can make this custom label for you, but you have to order hundred. In reality, you only need seventy, mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. this is a one-time thing that you. Especially need if it's going to
1: be personalized, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So
0: it might be wa- that's wasted labels that you don't actually need. One hundred percent. Um, or or to, you know, if it's if there's something where there's there's variables involved that change depending on what the product is and where mm-hmm. it came from and where it's going, and that stuff can just be a headache to create like multiple labels over and over and over again. For all these different scenarios, so yeah, yeah uh, can I, I give it, you a
1: local example of sure. that? The Hude beer, right? <laughs> so the Bengals are right in the Super Bowl, yep, and we've yep. got a local brewer called Hudepole. Yep. And way mm-hmm. back in the day, when the Bengals 33 years ago went into the, they came out with Hude beer, which yep. is the slogan for the Bengals. Well, they ran out the other day, right? They, they yep. were ke- creating the labeling, yep. but they didn't have enough. So anyway, they had to fire up the the, the label machine again and make. Yep. It. But there's a really perfect example: a local brewery house needing on-demand, you know, capabilities, right? right? They weren't going to buy hundreds of thousands of labels. Yep. They, they made like a run of 3,000, sold out instantly. Yeah. Now they got to make some more. kind Exactly. Of like. so anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and Matt, uh, let's, let's, you know, kind of dive a little further then into some of these issues here. So, you know, wh- where do users typically go wrong when they're figuring out how to manage this, their organizational labeling, even the ones that kind of understand, like, "Hey, we need to have a process in place," but they're still probably not as good at it as they should be. What are the pain points that you come across and talk to when it comes to, you know, uh, this this idea of, "Hey, we need to manage our labeling. We need to control who 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 has it, who has access to it, what we do and don't do with it, mm-hmm. all these files that were that are out here." What are those pain points?
2: Sure, I, I, I want to categorize the pain points into two areas. Let's go back to that nursery example, right? That's a customer who knows that they need to print some labels to put on a little tag, to put on next to the plant that's got a barcode on it. So when they go to scan, it's got a price, right? Beautiful example. And what's happening is they know they need that or their printer is broken and a partner comes along and says, hey, we're going to sell you this beautiful little printer is going to meet your needs, right? What we haven't thought through there is, how do I easily design the label? How do I easily generate the barcode? How do I ensure that that information that I want on the pricings comes from a CSV file? Simple need, right? And the error that they make is, I've got the printer, but what do you do with the printer, right? So just imagine if you sold a printer, how do you actually effectively create that very first basic simple label? So that's the first bit of issue is, and and particularly for low volume users, not realizing that they've got to work out how they print a label. On the medium to larger enterprises, it's not understanding or fully discussing the scope. And what I mean by that is you've got a particular need. That's what you have your IT, your project team, they have a real project going on maybe it's a new warehouse being set up maybe it's an extension expansion they're buying five or ten more printers as a starting point and they know they need some sort of label management software and so what they don't do is they don't think through What's the next step 12 months from now? What's the 18 months from now? And we find a lot of people will look at a cheaper alternative in the marketplace or even say, I can do something in Microsoft Word, you know, or use Crystal Reports, and then they get themselves into trouble in that next step, right? So it's really around the planning, but it's also not understanding the impact of label errors. You know, a lot of people out there will use... uh, something like a crystal reports, and not understand that when it creates your barcode image, it's not clear. And so that leads to, to, to reading errors of the barcode, right? So it's just not understanding the benefits of a true label management system, and there's multiple ones out of there. I prefer that it's Bartender, right? So it's, it's just ensuring that people understand that they need to think a bit further, But they also need to realize they need something either simple and easy to use or something that's going to build with them for the future. And just one last thing, as you get bigger, you start to have more labels, right? And one of the issues in labels, is you talked about this very early, is label management. If I've got one label that's easy to manage, then I've got five. Now I've got 10 different labels, right? and they might all be subsets of labels. Then you've got 50, and then you've got 100. When, you know, and we see packaging examples where some things which are being shipped, the label must be horizontal. On that same package going to a different state, it must be vertical, right? So we have in Bartender a concept called intelligent templates. Basically, it creates your master template and using a uh, uh, AI, artificial intelligence within our system, using our computer code and the information that you have, we can ensure that every time you're printing, you're using the correct label. As you think of customers who expand outside of geographies, those labels might change from inches to millimeters. They might need something moved. So it allows you to have a master template concept with then sub-templates underneath, like subfolders. So it gives you a great way to manage your files or your templates and to ensure that you're printing the right time, so less label errors.
1: That's really good. There's a couple things in there. You know, when you, when you think about it, when you're selling into an organization that maybe has made the decision to start labeling, you mm-hmm. know, and start using barcode technology for asset management and things like that, you you know, you, you typically have a lot of operations people who are not in the mindset of managing digital assets, right. which labels tend to be. I love where you're going there, Matt. You know, like coming out of the gate, okay, sure. You know, we set up the first template. We printed our first <laughs> label. We got our first barcode. Wonderful everything worked great right now fast forward 12 months 20. 30, 100 different labels have been created now right. because there's different iterations and, and, and things of that nature. How do we manage that? Uh, again, operations just typically isn't in that so you need a system to, to do that and as solutions integrators, you really need to have that conversation around that because uh, your third point there is absolutely right. What you want to try to do here is thwart the impact of labeling errors. I mean, that what a nightmare is to set something up, maybe not using something like a bar uh, bartender, um, maybe a crystal only to, you know, you're helping set, you know, portions of that solution up only to have it fail because the imagery coming out of the system is not good enough. I mean, what, just what a nightmare, right? And now they're shipping products out that nobody can read the barcode on. It's like, oh my gosh, what did we just do? not meeting
0: specs or regulations. Right? Yeah. Well, this also comes back to a fundamental concept that we talk about a lot with our, with our VARs and with sales in general, and this idea of, don't just think about the now when you're selling.
1: Yeah, right.
0: And 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 help your customers not just think mm, about the now also. Mm. Think about the future. Think about what's coming down the road. And Matt, you nailed it on the head when you mentioned this idea of like, hey, sure, you've only got five barcodes, you know, five different types of labels to manage right now. But what about, you know, three years from now Mm -hmm. when you have 100 because you uh, – ideally, they're going to want to grow their business. They're going to want to expand. And if they're Mm -hmm. doing that, that should mean there's more of this stuff down the road. Absolutely. And I think it's on on us as salespeople. It's on us as marketing as, you know, for the VARs to go out to their customers and say, hey – I know you think you've got a plan in place right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but what's you know what's what are your plans for this company? Where do you expect to go? And if they're telling you, well, we expect to grow and get bigger and open up more stores, oh, like, absolutely. Well, isn't that going to mean more X, Y, Z, and therefore you're going to need a different process than what you've got right now,
1: or different labeling, right? Yeah, I exactly. mean, once they get in tune with the one label <laughs> printer that they've gotten, oh, let's do a slightly larger format. Now right, you've got multiple right. printers, multiple templates, stuff like that, right? Exactly. Starts getting into a little bit of a management nightmare. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Well, Matt, so then let's let's talk about some of the industries. We've kind of touched on a few and everything from the small little nursery breweries mm-hmm, up to right. the biggest corporations in supply chain around the world. But, you know, what industries do you think really benefit the most from effective management of their label printing? And are there any industries that we don't expect, like ones where maybe our bars are working with them on a regular basis in other in other aspects and with other projects and don't realize like, hey, I should be talking to them about their label management also?
2: Yeah. It's really industry interesting, interesting because we think of industries as verticals, right? And what we need to do as a starting point is think of the horizontals across many verticals. And I'll say there's three key areas that go across any vertical, basically. There's obviously manufacturing. And manufacturing can mean different things to different people. You know, we are in software, but we still have a manufacturing, right? And we, we, you know, we have to label printers when they come in, we test and so forth. There is the warehouse, right? We all know that's a big opportunity. And then transportation and logistics. I was recently at uh, Zebra SKO, and I'm glad that they've learned from Bartender because I keep telling our our partners and our salespeople, the three things you need to worry about are manufacturing, warehouse, transportation, and logistics. And they're the three that uh, uh, around the core that Zebra put up, right? But if you look at the verticals, okay, we're in every vertical, whether you think of auto supplies, whether you think of uh, uh, third party uh, logistics providers, when you think of fast moving consumer goods, the FMCG market, whether you think of uh, healthcare, which is hospitals looking after their PPE, looking after their inventories, looking after their assets, whether you think of medical device companies, pharmaceutical, um, lots and lots of industries. I think that the the last part of your question was, where have we not thought through well enough? And I had an educational experience with a a reseller a couple of years ago, and they were talking about e-commerce. And they were absolutely right. These people who are starting these new e-commerce companies, right? And they're all starting up all the time, right? And they've got a great idea. They want to sell some new pet food, or they want to do this, or they want to do that, right? And they they've got, you know, they're worried about the clothes that they're, you know, they're selling or whatever. They really know nothing or very little about warehouse, right? So they start thinking about warehouse. And if they're really big, and they've got a lot of funding, then they're going with a major ERP vendor and and a WMS system. They're getting, you know, big warehouses, etc. But there's a lot of small people who are starting up from home selling and we sell them, a printer or two printers, and then they slowly build up and think of all the great success stories. There's a toilet paper company here in Seattle that uh, uh, uses um, uh, bamboo fibers for toilet paper. It seems a bit rough to me, but it's a big growing market. Jeff Bezos has just invested. Their warehouse is expanding, right? So lots of opportunity. And we need to think of these people when they're thinking, oh, I got to do labeling. I gotta put something on, I gotta label my shelves, I gotta l- label the stuff that I'm selling. I might need to use a, a concept called Amazon transparency, which is anti-counterfeiting, if they're selling through Amazon, right? All supported by bartender. We need to realize that they're, these people need help, right? And I always talk about, it's not about selling a product, it's about selling the right product, right? It's not about selling a solution, it's about selling the right solution. It's not about the short-term sale today to the customer, it's about building long-term customer value. And so if you think of these industries, such as this e-commerce or people shipping from home, uh, uh, or even the restaurants that, that are doing self-shipping, for etc., or putting labels on, they need help. And we need to provide a bit of assistance with them to be the expert, so to speak, to help them be more successful. And I think there's a lot of opportunity in e-commerce. It's going to continue to grow. It's a big focus. But I think of e-commerce being the warehouse, transportation and logistics, but it being a big area. And you can say, well, that's under retail. But let's not get confused with what retail can mean because if you go to a big Kroger, that could be retail for them is about scanners and things, right? And when we're thinking of labels, right, we're thinking about where we can help them. I, I will say that some of the label advancements that are occurring using 2D barcodes, etc., cetera, um, very exciting. And obviously, we're right there. We've been with GS1 with Digital Link from the very beginning. GS1 actually worked with us. We demoed the technology. What's happening with GS1 and the, and, and Digital Link and the tracking, we're now starting to see some of the big players in the industry talking about digital link so very exciting because this digital link concept like it is the amazon counterfeiting if you're a small e-commerce provider perhaps you want to talk a bit about where the goods came from how you sustain them perhaps that little farm in in uh, in colombia that where you source that the, the coffee from or or whatever it is right you can't put all that on your packaging and your labeling but you can individualize the website and Um, and and people can link. I was actually in Italy on vacation, uh, enjoying myself and had an opportunity to educate a um, um, a wine manufacturer, wine producer, because we just happened to be in their uh kitchen. Uh, My wife had set up a cooking class for my family, and um, the owner came in and started talking about their business. Now, we were drinking a wine that was rated the number 20th wine in the world by Wine Spectator, just came out, right, from this vineyard. And we were talking about, I explained what I did, and she was going, yeah, marketing's really important to us. I'm responsible for that globally. We've got distributors in Seattle, all over the world. And she goes, we have to do something because our 20, uh, 2,000 acres of wine is all uh, green, no pesticides, no nothing. And we don't market that. And I said, what you really need to do is you've got that little barcode, that 3D, sorry, that 2D barcode you've got there. You don't just want that to go to your website. You want that to go to your specific page on your website to talk about where, put the individual pictures of where that came from, right? Those little things. And she said, you're absolutely right. This is the marketing we need to do. And the reason why she said this and the reason why we had this discussion She was talking about the next generation of wine buyers, those in their 20s and 30s, who all use their phones, right? Okay, scan and use. That's the the opportunity, et cetera, is to help these companies realize what they need to be doing to growing their markets, right, and being more successful,
1: yeah, I agree with that, Matt. And I, I'm going to kind of keep piling on on the on the sense of the label itself, because and I agree with you, e-commerce is one of those areas where you're going to see a continued growth mm-hmm. in the use of, of labeling. But the education needs to be there, meaning, you know, I was uh, I can imagine the world where you've got like somebody out of their home wants to start doing e-commerce yeah. like uh, c- candle making. Right. We actually have an employee uh, at Blue Star that does um, candle making on the side and trying to to grow through right, e-commerce right. and stuff like that. Well, you can't print like when you package it up and you print a label like a mail label right. and you and you put that on there as, as, as part of your labeling. You they don't understand that there's humidity, there's temperature issues. I mean, once it leaves the sanctity of the room that you're creating right, it in, right. it goes out into the world, and the world ain't pretty, right? It's got rain, <laughs> it's got snow, it's got high temperatures, low right. temperatures, and and so they just don't understand, you know, the impact. I mean, it now you know the sad story of the, the the candle and then the label just falls off and right. the end of the truck or whatever. Right. So, so you need to have that kind of a conversation around it. And, and it's absolutely imperative for us to do that, yeah. you know, as solution integrators. Yeah. Well, and, sure.
0: I, and I think to your, to both of your point too, this whole idea of this new, like niche, e-commerce platforms that Mm -hmm. are popping up and all these companies that, you know, again, yeah, they want to spout like, well, we do this and it's sustainable that and it comes from here and it does that and we're... Because, you know, the idea is if they're popping up and they're doing this stuff, they're all differentiating in some way. Mm -hmm. But again, yeah, if you're not... If you're not expressing that differentiation somehow, if you're not marketing that differentiation, and and you know, I know people think we, when we talk about marketing, they're like, oh, advertising and emails and all that stuff. We're like, no. Sometimes your marketing can literally be just what is printed on your product. The label on your product can do a lot of marketing oh, yes. for you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. As Matt pointed out, whether it's you know QR codes that are mm-hmm. linking to your website, mm-hmm. um, you know, just you know the the design and the the color of it. And again, if if you're if your niche is all about like sustainability and 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 locally sourced mm-hmm. and all that type of mm-hmm. stuff and people want that information that's that's why you talk about it because mm-hmm. people want that info yep. you've got to be expressing that info and again that's where this database of potential barcodes and all mm-hmm. these You know different labels start expanding exponentially when you start expanding your business and you've got to be able to to keep up with that yeah that's
1: right hey can we go down the the path of the gs1 digital link a little bit here a little little sidebar uh, off to the side matt can you talk to us a little bit about i mean i know it's been around for a while Right, um, you know that whole technology, but how are you starting to see it utilized more and more in the marketplace? I mean, is it is it obviously there's a healthcare right in healthcare? There's a there's an impact of using uh, GS1 digital links, but but you were just referencing the fact that maybe you're starting to see it on the consumer side as well. Where where are some opportunities there? What are you seeing?
2: Great, GS1 has been obviously is used all around the world as as a standard, right? Digital link's been around for a couple of years, but it's just starting to get uh, uh, more prominence. The major printer manufacturers are now starting to talk about it. So that means marketing efforts, more broad education is going about it. Here's where I see the opportunity. Here's where we see. We have uh, just been working on a project um, in uh, uh, in Australia. It's really exciting. They want to better track... The um, freight cars on trains, right? And to better understand what's in there, right? And so, obviously, one way of doing that is having a label goes on every time and a barcode, uh, 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 and using GS1 Digital Link, they're able to have a specific web page for that uh, for that car. So it's all about tracking, right? And so that's really important on the consumer side. Um, people are looking at it for exactly what we talked about. For example, food packaging. There are, um, I mentioned my dog earlier. There are lots of companies that say your dog needs special food, right? And one of the things that they do is they actually have 20 different formulas in the back warehouse, okay? Or 30 or 40. And they get some information from the website from you, right? and They say, here's the special food that we've created for your dog, right? And um, it's one of these 20 or 30 varieties. There's not someone saying a bit of this and a bit of that. But when that package has to be sent out, and it's probably frozen, right? Um, You need to put a label on there. And people want to know that that package is for them. So, Dean, you talked very early on about personalization personalization is not just the thousand beer cans. And by the way, we do beer cans with uh, these small vendors, etc. What is important is they're looking for the name of the dog, perhaps even a little picture of the dog, etc. So the personalization, and you can't fit all of that on a label because here's what's happening. That food is frozen. It's not flat, right? So you can't... You know, you can't easily put a big, huge set of information onto something that's frozen and, and, and all wrinkly, etc. So they're looking for something special that you put onto that package that then you can look at, and you've got a little website with your dog's picture on there, right? The special food plan, how to do that, give us your feedback, that type of thing. That's reality today. That's what I think is extremely exciting is what is really happening with personalization. And it's GS1 Digital Link is part of that, but personalization might be just on every specific label. There's something there. Now, I want to talk about the marijuana business, right? Because this is starting to grow, whether it be medical marijuana or individual cannabis use, right? Um, Think of that. People want to know where the buds came from. It's not just a nice little... uh, Think think of... uh, I'm not an expert in marijuana, I will tell you that, but I understand it comes in little, in, in my retail store, it comes in a very small package, right? So you can't put much information onto that package. But you want to, if you're a marijuana carouser, a cannabis connoisseur, want to know the details, the history and everything. And so that's where digital link can really assist is providing that website for you to go to. So people, and that differentiates the cannabis stores, right? Because people want to know about the quality uh, and a lot of things. You know, in Seattle, um, there's a a grower that is um, a minority industry grower, right? How many minority industry growers are there in the US in cannabis? So if that's something that's important to you, you can make sure you go there, you're getting that, uh, that cannabis from that supplier. As an example, I apologize for going down the cannabis no, no, area. No, 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 that's a good one because
1: it, it can be used in traceability, correct? The digital link, yep. uh, uh, you know, aspect of it, you know, yeah, where digital, the. Digital... Sorry, traceability. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's big. You know, not just in the cannabis space, obviously in the food space, uh, those types of things. I yeah, that's what yeah. I was kind of thinking that you're going to start to see a lot of run yep. uh, with that technology. And I space. was
0: gonna I was gonna mention the cannabis industry also mm-hmm. because I did a campaign around labeling for cannabis, and mm-hmm. one of the things mm-hmm. I found out is because there's no federal, you know, formal federal regulation, ah. yet, every single state has different you know, it has different subsets of information that they expect to be on labels. Really? So, you know, if you're labeling something that is going to a certain place to be sold in a dispensary or mm-hmm. store, or whatever it is, every single state has different ideas of what's supposed to be on that label. They oh, were, boy. Uh, there's like, I found a website that literally <laughs> lists them on every state is different. Some just want a couple pieces of simple information. Uh-huh. Some want a laundry list of information. Right. Some of them are as specific as like the... You know, the uh THC warning label has to look this certain way in this certain mm. state. It's got to look this certain way in another state. And that's the kind of stuff if you're, you know, if you're coming up with a, a, a business mm. in that particular realm and you plan on shipping across state lines or you want to understand what's going on in your state— You've got to know that stuff because otherwise your product might get turned right back right. around. You yep. might get slapped with a fine, and your company might be out of business in no time.
1: Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So that, huh.
0: that I think that regulation aspect also any business yeah. you're in where there's a lot a heavy amount of regulation that requires very specific labeling. That's the kind of stuff that like if you're able to manage and effectively manage this your your label printing and stay mm-hmm. on top of exactly mm-hmm. what's supposed to go on every every barcode and every label depending on if it's going to this state or that state or this type of industry or that type of industry. That stuff is so important to be able to manage.
1: And you know what? The cannabis and healthcare, I think, are just bellwethers for other industries. Yep. I mean, right? We've talked about how society really is kind of demanding to have that information. We want
0: info. We want to know oh, 100%. where 100 stuff is, where it came from.
1: Absolutely. They want to know, right? Yep. They, exactly. Did this come from a field in wherever, Wisconsin, right. or, or if it was food or, or what? You know, even well, if it was manufactured goods, where did it come yeah, from? Yeah. Right? Just
0: think about like how many times have you ever looked at like the ingredients label for something mm-hmm. you're eating and mm-hmm. 90% of the stuff that you're reading, you're like, I don't even understand what this
1: is. We you know, can't, can't even can't say it.
0: Sodium glutamate, <laughs> blah blah blah. You know, like well, a guy
1: like you that's good at, at pronouncing is not bad. Me, just, I'm flubbing well, it sure, up. Sure, I can time. pronounce
0: it, but that doesn't mean I know what it is. <laughs> so you know, it, I, and I think that's I think that's the idea. Is I think a lot of yeah, these, especially right. a lot of these startup companies, these pop-ups are like they'll talk about like, hey. Check out our label. Our label is simplified. Mm. It's got six ingredients in it, and mm. you will be able to read and identify what every single one of those ingredients are. You know, yeah, right. that's the kind of stuff that creates a great message for yeah. you and your good company. Good point. Good so, point. Yeah. Well, then let's let's get to the the heart of the order here, which is obviously that bartender is the kind of the product to help make this happen. Um, your 2022 version is on the way. Uh, I know uh, you guys you guys regularly update bartender, which I think is what makes it one of the things that makes it you know stand out. I think in the industry and as you know as a, as a great product to use is you're always staying on top of new ways to to build on and improve and and meet whatever the moment is so what is going to be new in this new edition uh, and how are you guys continuing to support vars and their customers with their their printing needs
2: just before i answer this I want to go back to what we're just talking about, traceability. One of the things we didn't talk about was in the food industry. And we're seeing in Europe a concept called Natasha's Law, which is putting all the ingredients. And we're starting to see that requirement in the US, right? So traceability, all that information, you can't fit it onto a sandwich package, right? So you've got to have something like GS1 Digital Link. Talking about Bartender 2022, I am really excited about this product because It has a feature set really for everyone, right? And people say, what do you mean it's got features for everyone? It's got performance improvements for all customers, right? We're improving our database support. We're expanding our cloud deployment capabilities. We've got some initiatives that are really going to reduce IT costs and we're improving security. So they're the themes. And very quickly after that, We've improving our mobile printing. What we've done if you're looking at feature concepts, we have a new print portal that is now extended. So we've had a web interface for our enterprise edition for many, many years. This web interface is now extended across the product line. What does that mean? That means if you've got several workstations in your warehouse that are using Bartender Instead of installing Bartender at each individual workstation and connecting them to your main server, you now just need to point and click to your respective uh, web link, right? So that's print portal capabilities for, for everyone. And then another thing that we've done is we've updated and redesigned Print station. So, print station was a set of uh, uh, features and tools that you could use within the product to certain information populates, make certain decisions, uh, and then print a label. Right? Check check the label is there correctly. Um, we've streamlined this. We've improved its performance, and this is really important because we've also put a modern, uh, responsive user interface. So that means you can put it on smaller devices tablets etc without any problems and it will just resize itself. We've also come out with a new SAP connector for the SAP HANA databases. But probably the most exciting thing is our new REST API. Bartender has been known for its integrations, the way it integrates with your ERP system, whether it be SAP, Oracle, Epicor, Infor, for example, and of course, Dynamics, whether it be the older versions of Dynamics or Dynamics 365 and Business Central, which are the cloud, right? And we're known in the industry for having the best integration tools. That's our competitive advantage. But we are launching, industry first, a REST API. What does that mean? A REST API makes it easier to integrate. It's adds security. And it's much simpler if you need to do some development to your warehouse management system or your manufacturing execution system to get the information. If you need to do some specific development to put it onto a a mobile device, the REST APIs allow you to do that. It's just the modern way of doing that. And one of the things that we've done with this new REST API, which, by the way, has been available for download since November of last year. So you can actually use it today, test it, etc. The REST API is the modern integration methodology, meaning it's easier to use, it's faster, quicker, cheaper, right? All the key things. But most importantly, we made the decision to use global standards when it comes to certain interfaces, right? So it's not proprietary. We're using technologies such as YAML uh, and other technologies out there that are publicly available that so people can rest assured that this is not something that's uh, uh, super secret, right? Everything we're doing is around improving the quality, improving the efficiency, making it easier, compliance, that type of thing. So that's what's coming in uh, Bartender 2022. But more importantly, and I'm going to announce it first here, and no one else is going to know, we are launching pretty quickly afterwards a new mobile printing solution, right? And this is going to be really great. You know, there's companies out there upgrading their tablets. They've got their workforces in their vans and they need to print Bluetooth printing from bartender in the mobile environment. We're super excited.
0: There you go. Breaking That's news on the cool. Tech Connect podcast. Yeah, we don't do it. that
1: too often. I like it. <laughs> Let's go back to that REST API. I agree with you. I mean, that is so key moving forward. It's a good move uh, from from uh, that perspective from a bartender kind of moving in that direction because, right, you have to you have to be able to to integrate into some ERP systems and stuff like that. So when they when they talk about formats such as YAML and JSON, you know these are these are languages that you know can can enable that and and it's unlocking a lot of the features within Bartender, right, Matt? I mean, once you got the API set up, now you can integrate a lot of those. An extensive uh, amount of actions that you could fire through bartender using the UI. Now it's just happening through the API, right?
2: Absolutely. We, we've got the API. We've got a .NET API today. We've got other integration methods that people can choose from. This is just modernizing everything. Okay. This is this is the way people integrate. If they have, for an example, uh, Epicor Cloud, uh, uh, Dynamics three sixty five, the cloud, right? You want to use REST APIs, RESTful APIs, it's the way to communicate, right? And Dean, you are absolutely correct. All the 64 actions or whatever it is that are available in the Bartender integration tool set today, 99% of those are already in the new REST API that was available last November, right? And of course, security is really important. And when we launched Bartender 2022 in April, We're improving that security, and it's going to have the uh, improved security not only on the REST API, but in some of our other technologies.
1: Very nice. And yeah. then I love the mobile aspect of yeah. it. You know, when that's you think cool. about it, when we talk about mobile all the yep. flipping time around here, right? <laughs> like everything's mobilizing. Right. Of course, print is one of those things, yeah. that last mile delivery. Oh, wait, we need to put this label on it before the final delivery right, happens right. or things of that nature. Of course. Yeah, th- that's a nice, brilliant move there as well, enabling those folks that have the tablets and the mobile devices that can that can deliver right then and there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah,
0: again, you heard it here first, coming soon, uh, Bartender 2022 coming in April. As always you know you guys i love that you guys do this with every release uh, there's preview options available mm-hmm. so if customers are interested you know you can send them to their site talk to your blue star account manager about what's going on with bartender and and i also love your website is great at helping you know helping businesses understand like what oh man what they need absolutely like, i love that you have these nice little decision trees of you know mm-hmm. tell us like are you doing this xyz mm-hmm. what's going on in your business and helping very quickly it's, i'm sure it's useful for our bars and for our uh, our Blue Star folks, as well, to be able to narrow down, like which of your products is going to be the one. Well, no, that they're in,
1: need. in all seriousness, they do have a lot of resources. Like, if you're a POS reseller that is, is getting into the back of house, warehouse, you right. know, that you want to start getting into that world in a meaningful way, all right, uh, it, they do. They have a lot of resources on their website. Yep. In fact, I mean, I, w- I don't know why you wouldn't go to, they've got a, you know, little guides that are there, a lot of good stuff to help enable you so that you can make that sale. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. So
0: all right way well, hey, before we finish up here and get to our recurring segments i want to as always thank our sponsors for the show so yes. we've got DataLogic, uh, data logic elo epson honeywell intel and zebra i still am getting that right every time every time uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and thank you so much for your support the show and thanks so much for seagull for uh sponsoring this particular episode and lending us matt to talk to for the day uh hey as always if you have thoughts about the show if there are topics you want to hear about if you have questions you want to ch- us to get you in touch with somebody that was on the show. Reach out to us. You can always find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can also email us techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, let's wrap things up with uh, first of all, our value to the bar segment. This is where we kind of like to give a little bit of a yep. takeaway for yeah, our, right. our audience of this conversation, something you can go and do now. So mm-hmm. Matt, I'll let you kick this off here. You know, what do you think VARs should be looking for or asking about in order to determine if an enterprise print solution is going to be the right thing for their customers.
2: One of the greatest opportunities for the VAR is to realize that we have a sales team that is not just focused on the partner. We can do the selling for you. Let me give you an example. We had a Blue Star reseller uh, last year, 2021. Sell to a company with sixty plus locations, a couple of printers, and 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 one of our solutions, because that's what they knew, right? You know, you, I do not expect most resellers to know our product in depth, right? And so we're here to help you. In this case, we started looking at all these small systems that were being purchased, and we reached out to the reseller. We talked to them. They brought us to the customer. In actual fact, what the customer needed was something completely different. They just didn't know it was available, right? And the reseller sold what they knew. So if you have an opportunity, reach out to us. We're happy not to just talk to you. We'll talk to the customer on your behalf. We'll have you in those phone calls, webinars, etc., all the way, it's your customer, but we're here to help you be successful. I think from a VAR perspective, We need to realize that VARs bring reach. Our resellers are really important from the reach, their contacts, et cetera. But we can't expect everyone to know everything. So reach back to us to let us help you be successful. I think that is one of the key critical things, right? And then if you're looking at what to ask, the most important question, people say, oh, you need a printer. Ask them the question. What are you planning to print? How much are you planning to print? And how are you going to design and manage those labels? That's sort of like that starting point. And then from there, once they say, oh, we don't know how we're going to design the labels, you know that you've got a bartender solution that can immediately be used, right? And we've got very low value solutions and very extremely enterprise. When I say low value, low priced, you know that there's a solution for them, but you if you struggle with asking in depth because you're not familiar with the solutions and how labelled sol- print management solutions are used, come and talk to us because it's about value, right? But also the second, the, the second thing here is ask them what are their longer-term plans, right? Ask them if they're pain points. Some customers have to put certain packaging onto... Uh, goods they're delivering right and their biggest pain point is getting approval from their customer that the label they're using meets the customer requirements right so that's a that's a key or what about inbound goods what are we doing to ensure that your suppliers are labeling what you need in a correct manner right and if you're using RFID think about how can label management software be used with the, in with the uh, with your RFID etc so that's the starting point is um, looking uh, asking a series of questions and not only do we have that website we actually have a lot of questions that we provide our resellers with so they can become more effective at selling label solutions
1: yeah, and okay. actually, you go to seagullscientific slash resources slash labeling dash guide. That's where you go to start your journey, right? Because no, seriously, I mean what what we love about Seagull or Bartender is they are channel friendly, right? right? right. Uh, he, Matt talked about it, kicking it off. What is it? Ninety nine point nine percent of your sales go through the, go 99. through the ninety nine
2: point nine nine percent. There you <laughs> go. You
1: missed
0: that extra <laughs> .09, Yeah, and.
2: Two, two things that fit very well within the, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, Blue Star ecosystem. One is we have an extremely effective renewals program where we provide the resellers with an opportunity to go back each year to the customer. But secondly, and what's probably not well-known, is we sell Bartender on an annual subscription basis, right? So if your customer's not sure about this, instead of investing everything, Invest for the year, see if this makes sense for you, that type of thing. So we're starting to pick up momentum with this subscription concept. It's only annual today, but as we improve billing systems and renewal systems, you can see the concept of what's going to happen with labelling, catch up with the rest of the world, so to speak, with different uh, different pricing concepts,
1: et cetera. There's that recurring revenue again, yep, John. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I'm setting it up.
0: I, it is. I, I love that you guys have this attitude of like, hey, we're here in the channel. And it's, it's the whole idea of why we have this channel and why our mm-hmm. bars operate within it because you want to have these partnerships. And I think Siegel and the bartender product in particular are a perfect example of a very specific partner that you can draw on for a very specific problem that knows their stuff and is, you know, as has figured out exactly how to accomplish what your customers are trying to accomplish. So yep. why wouldn't you lean on them?
1: Yep. Yep. So. Yep. That's it. Yep. yep. Exactly.
0: All right. Well hey, let's wrap up with as always our favorite segment, What's Tech Connecting with You? This is where we get to talk about something in the world of science, tech, innovation that has mm-hmm. caught our eye, has our attention, makes us fearful for the future of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe helpful. Fine, that can happen from time to time too. So, uh, Matt, I'll let you start. What's tech connecting with you right now?
2: Looking personally, it's the fitness tracker. Okay, you know I was not a big fan. I was not a big fan of fitness trackers, right? But now it keeps me awake at night, wondering how well I'm sleeping. Okay, I've got this fitness tracker. It's a use it all the time. The problem is I, I, I could be on stage. I can barely see the, the watch face, right? And I know I'm being tracked and everything else. But it's really an interesting device because I know when I haven't slept well. But what I want to know is why I haven't slept well. Um, I know when I've slept well. but I want to know why I slept well. Was it deep sleep? What it was? Uh, but it's also a really important device because when you're out in the road, you have different time zones, lots of meals, parties, or whatever you're doing, right? Um, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm not feeling the best. My fitness tracker can confirm that I'm not feeling the best. You <laughs> yeah,
1: you got uh, 200 <laughs> steps yesterday. So, yeah, right. 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 <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, we've talked a lot about so fitness trackers. sorry that, like that wasn't just- no, 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 no. That's a good one. We, 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 we have brought that up. The sleep thing. I know, John, you were getting into the sleep thing. Or yep. did the your sleep, bed do the? I have the
0: sleep number bed. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not right. I with the watch, but I did with the bed. Yeah. 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 And it unfortunately, it's too often tells me that I didn't sleep properly. And like my wife makes a joke about it. Like you decide whether you're having a good or bad day. Sometimes when that bed tells you that you, that you did, and I'm like, <laughs> well, if it gives me a bad score, then I probably slept bad, and therefore I should be cranky, right? You know. So.
1: Yeah. And yeah. then you're going to need that espresso maker, right, Matt, that you were showing us yep, before we yep. kicked off here uh, to kind of yeah, wake I, you up I, a little I, bit. I,
2: I've got this uh, very fancy espresso maker. It's called, It's uh, from the manufacturer of Bialatti, which is Italian, right? And you know, Valentine's Day is coming up because I just purchased it a month ago. Um, uh, not very happy with the Valentine's cups, but it is what it is. It's a fantastic little espresso maker. I think it's more for show than anything else. And you go through all this work, putting your grinding your coffee beans, putting the coffee beans in, getting the water to the right height. And then you have this cup and it, it, it pours out on both sides and it gives you about this much espresso. So then you've got to put the two cups together.
1: Yeah, for those of you listening to the audio, it was like milliliter.
0: Yeah, little bit yeah. you know yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah so not like, well, a lot of well, you there.
0: just want that quick little shot of like <laughs> okay caffeine you know yeah. just get jazzed up for the day
1: uh, it's so european yeah, yeah right, right 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 all right whereas, here's,
0: whereas we're is. chugging like 15 yeah, exactly. you know, cups a day, red yeah. bulls yeah. and you mountain are, dews and, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's my mountain dew for me it's back there out of, out of sight right now <laughs> yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's a good one, Matt. All right, here's mine. UK researchers smash record for sustaining fusion energy output producing the equivalent of 11 megawatts over five seconds. So I don't know if you saw this, but fusion, nuclear fusion, like how are we going to feed this need for electricity? You know, when you think about the global need for electricity, it's just the demand is like growing exponentially, right? right. right? Especially when you throw in EV cars and stuff like that. So – How are we going to do that in a sustainable way? Well, you've got... You've got fission, uh, which is, you know, where you split an atom, uh, and that's kind of dirty, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're creating stuff mm-hmm. that has tens of thousands of years of, you know, uh, radiation, right, not right. a good thing. Then you have uh, fusion, uh, which is combining. And so that's a technology that really has eluded science. I mean, we know how to do it, but we can't do it efficiently, and, and a lot of it over time. So this is this is significant in the sense that they were able to produce this, have this uh, device, I guess. It was... a. a their JET or Jet Laboratory, um, you know, create energy for five seconds and 11 megawatts of power. So it's just like they're starting to refine this whole process that if we can get this down, the good part about here is you don't have the radioactivity and all that because it's almost like this unlimited supply of energy. If we can figure out fusion and how to get it done longer than five seconds, (laughs) Uh, we're on a path to something right. anyway. But, well, yeah.
0: just tell me when they get to 1.21 gigawatts or oh, okay. gigawatts right. and they can
1: put it in a DeLorean
0: <laughs> and send me through time, okay? <laughs> Wasn't that Mr. This, Fusion? Wasn't that the name of the thing yes. that he put in, in yes. the, the Back to Future movies? See, yeah. we're there.
1: So, we're getting there. Yeah. Okay, we're not there just yet. Just drop
0: banana peels and garbage in there. and it, Yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. Does yeah. It for we're you.
1: still in the megawatts, not the gigawatts. Or what, right, what do you so. need? Gigawatts? I think he says gigawatts, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, call geez. I don't even know if that's a real thing or not.
0: Okay. 1.21 gigawatts. Yeah.
1: All Let's right. start connecting with you. So we've talked about
0: ghost kitchens before, yes. which is this idea of having a like a kitchen set up for delivery food mm-hmm. that may not even actually be open to the public. Right. It's just in the background yep. cooking stuff up to deliver, or it might be utilizing an existing kitchen That's from uh, you know from a restaurant or whatever to f- supply you know a separate delivery chain as well. Mm-hmm. Well, now we have dark stores. Dark stores. This is for like the <laughs> grocery delivery trend. Why? And basically, it's the same idea of having a store that is not open to the public but it has Ah. you know aisles filled up with groceries so that you know the Instacart's of the world, and, and I don't think Instacart uses this, but like a lot of these startup companies that are doing localized grocery mm. delivery, can go into these little stores and pick from their shelves and you know and grab what they need to to fulfill a grocery order. Gotcha. The problem with this though is that in a lot of places, like especially like smaller neighborhoods where they're trying to put these things in, they're mm-hmm. sticking them into shopping complexes where they might be taking up three or four different storefronts mm-hmm. with these dark stores, stores that don't have any. Again, any functional use Outside of this Mm -hmm. So no one's using them But they're potentially Interspersed with local You know, local Other retailers Local retailers Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. And it's causing issues And problems Because if you think about it When you go to like A strip mall for instance Yeah, I got it And if five or six Of the stores there Are closed and boarded up, Right you kind of get a bad impression. Like it
1: doesn't. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. It doesn't saying. lend yeah.
0: the best impression to one, that area. Yes. At w- at what, you're, what you expect to get out of it. But also it doesn't encourage people to come there and then maybe mm-hmm. find other, mm-hmm. like say you stop to get at your favorite little local mom and pop, you know, consignment yep. shop or something in this, in this strip yeah. mall. Yeah. And there's a pop-up taco stand nearby right. that you go and eat from, you know, it's all part of this business ecosystem that right. these little yep. community kind of storefronts. Love so to if build these dark together. stores
1: are taking up all these, you know, Exactly, and, and it just looks like empty space or it's not being utilized yeah
0: exactly yeah. Or, or obviously you're not it's space that a potential you know mom and pop store could potentially be using instead so right. yeah. there's you know obviously there's the need for it is there because Interesting. You know, we're all interested in this whole you know at home on demand delivery thing right. right, but there's a kind of a dark side to it that yeah. it's creating here that people aren't really appreciating in their in their local there's always experience. a downside
1: isn't there yeah. even to something like that you know using unused space you would think would be a good thing right yeah. well let's yeah. move something in well maybe Okay, so they got to all hang signs outside to say, "Hey, this is actually a really active space." Uh, maybe I don't you, know. You maybe, can't shop there, maybe but sell advertising for the other places there right. or something. Yeah. You know, find some way to light yeah. it up, or I don't know. But maybe still stop by the maybe vape store maybe next some door. kind of like front
0: of front office kind of thing that somebody could do something very simple in or yeah. whatever. And right. Then the back of it can still yeah, be, still the, be the, the, dark the dark store. store. So like,
1: Interesting know. dark store. Okay. Yeah. Got
0: it, it. That's not the greatest term for you. That right. just tells. Yeah. Sounds like it's something bad anyway. So ghost kitchen at least sounds kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah yeah so yeah so hey that's what's tech connecting with us uh matt bryan from seagull thank you so much for joining us thanks there. We matt. appreciate having you on the show
2: thanks everyone had a great time got a great show and i look forward to this coming out soon
0: all right yeah and hey uh until next time uh you know maybe um maybe brighten up your store a little bit yeah. Call it a light store i don't know <laughs> uh hang a sign out front make it look right. like somebody's living there yeah. and as always please stay connected Purpose-built for point of sale, the ELO E-Series 2 offers a 15.6-inch touchscreen display, Intel's ninth-generation Celeron processor, and an integrated expansion hub to connect the peripherals you need. From cash drawers and printers to barcode scanners and payment devices, there is connectivity to cover it all. For added flexibility, the E-Series 2 offers models with Windows 10 or no OS, providing businesses the best solution to customize for their environment, covered by a three-year warranty. To learn more, contact your Star representative. Technic Podcast is brought to you by Zebra. Hey, we've spent a lot of time today talking about uh, helping your warehouses modernize with effective print management, but for everything else, Zebra's got you covered. Worldwide, there are approximately 15 million mobile devices using the Windows operating system and warehouses with an estimated sales potential of $2 billion. Shifting warehouses from Zebra legacy devices to modern Zebra Android mobile technology represents a large business opportunity for Zebra and our channel partners outdated technology that means that your warehouse customers just won't be able to keep up with changes like the e-commerce boom, same-day delivery expectations, labor shortages, and Microsoft's end of support for enterprise window devices. Let Zebra help you modernize, migrate, and retain your warehouse business with swift, smooth Android devices. Check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star Zebra representative to learn more.